Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another uh, Canon After Dark. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually really enjoying these uh, evening uh, recording sessions that we've been doing. Uh, my name is Luke. I'm one half of the Know Nothing Nerds. Joined as always by my ever bearded, always handsome, and ever faithful co-host. Aww. Mr. Twitch, how are you? I'm doing pretty good this week. Uh, some That's really cool things coming in the pipeline uh, that we can't talk about at the present future, but hopefully in the next uh, episode we can kind of dive into a couple of those items. But um, I'm doing real good. The job is going good. Um, I, I feel more energized all of a sudden recently, um, yeah. more excited. I don't know if it's because I know that uh, – uh, my COVID vaccine is going to be coming in the next month or so, uh-huh. and then I can finally be uh, released from the uh, metaphorical chains uh, and actually go. But also out. the very, but also the very physical chains of like your house. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, um, Nick has got me uh, uh, a lock around my ankle, so I can't <laughs> I actually move from my room uh at all um yeah so i do have a, a real physical chain on me in yeah. the house as well he he slides food under the door so it gets all mushed up when it goes it, under it's the door. Su- like <laughs> there is a gap but it's like less than an inch yeah yeah, so, no, like it were if you had like pop tarts or toast, it would be fine. No, not no, pop tarts would still even get smushed. So, <laughs> like, I just I just told him like what he could do is just put a put all the food and blend it together and just give me a really long straw. And that, you yeah, know, <laughs> that works for me. It works for me. It's but regardless, uh, very excited to be to be vaccinated. It's crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, last year you and I were pumping out content fairly regularly yeah. at this time. Yep. Uh, and I hate to say it, but I think right around probably this episode that we recorded last year, or uh, or the episode that would follow, you and I are probably taking jabs at COVID. Oh yeah, you and I I'm are probably sure taking we were. Jabs I'm sure we were. Yeah, <laughs> before it touched down in the states. I, I think I remember. <laughs> I know that like I did like, and this was all like I was going purely based off of the numbers that were coming out at the time. Yeah, I, I totally. will fully say that. Yeah, I definitely probably was like psh, COVID. Psh, not was a big deal. Sensitive to um, it. Yeah, but like given the facts that we had at the time yeah and how suppressed the true the truth uh was um you know i'm not shocked that i came up with that conclusion like yeah at the beginning i did make a joke that uh you're more likely to get killed by a uh uh a tiger mauling than you are in from getting covid in colorado that's because yeah. we had zero cases of COVID in Colorado, and we had at least hardly any in the states. Yeah, and we had at least five tigers in the uh, Denver area <laughs> that I know of. Yeah, so yeah. you know, like so at statistically, the time that, was true. that was true. Statistically, <laughs> the numbers were adding up. Then I I thought at the time it was going to be you know like the swine flu or something like that. Yeah, you know, yeah very yeah. talked about for sure. Yeah, but, but nothing nothing worth. Uh, 
<laughs> nothing worth getting all worked up about. Yep. And uh, here we are eating here we our are. own words. Yeah. So yeah. It w- it's not the first time Twitch and I have had to eat our own words. No, and not even certainly close. Certainly will not be the last time. So at least at least we have that going for us. I I consistently inconsistent. <laughs> consistently inconsistent. If yep. anything. Um. Sort of a pour one out for us moment, or mostly me, because you hadn't quite gotten your uh, season pass at this point. But yeah, uh, I would have, I would have, I would have been just getting back from the movies today. Oh gosh, that's yeah, that's that's gonna be definitely the first thing on my list once I get the second COVID vaccine shot. You're gonna, is you're I'm going theater? straight to the theater. Oh, there's yeah. no doubt about it. Um, yeah, uh, sorry, uh, Delise, my love. Uh, you'll be second on the list just because <laughs> you know like in my heart you're first but logically speaking you'll be my second because <laughs> i need to travel hours and thousands yeah. uh, or like yeah. hundreds of miles to get to you so it's no dig on her but like theaters is going to be the first place that i go to theater is going to be the first yeah. dude i hope maybe uh Maybe by the end of the second wave of vaccines, or uh, if not, you know, I'll take third wave. We're already basically done with January anyway, but um, I I am really holding on to hope that we're a couple months away from Alamo opening back up. Yeah, it'd be really nice. That'd be a great way to, like, welcome back, like, to a little bit of normalcy um, is to be able to go back to the uh, Alamo um, our sacred place, uh, the Know Nothing that's, Nerds sacred, sacred church, if you will, the sacred church of the Know Nothing Nerds. Yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be first on my list uh, of things to do. Like, or excuse me, um, like I'm not gonna go to a theater until Alamo opens up. Okay, Alamo gotcha. Has completely ruined every other I, theater I, experience if, for it. If, unless, unless of course, like they just don't open. Yeah. Like, They'll open. There's no doubt about it. They they will open. They've been pushing really hard um, to continue on the Alamo name during this COVID yes. period. Um, and they love movies. And they know the best way to experience the movie is to go to the theater. So Correct. they will open up for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. If if they happen to be open up during the time that I actually get my vaccine, then of course they're going to be the first place that I go, first and only place I'll go to see a movie. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Post COVID, Twitch and I are Twitch, Twitch and I are quite loyal to uh, to, so to the Alamo. Alamo. I don't think yep. it's a secret. I think if if we ever branched out and unironically sought uh, uh, um, sponsors <laughs> for the podcast. <laughs> Uh, we got to go straight for the Alamo. Yeah. You know oh I mean? yeah. 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 Straight for Alamo. That that's our that's our campaign for like 2022. Yeah. Like we yep. go we go directly for for the Alamo. Uh, anyway, this is a rant episode. If you haven't already guessed by either the title or the fact that we've just been bullshitting for 10 minutes, but uh, we're going to continue bullshitting for about 50 more. We have a few. We've got kind of more of a guided uh, rant today. Twitch and I have a few things that we that we've. Uh, expressed a desire to talk about. Uh, and then next week, or excuse me, not next week, next time. Good could catch be next there, good week, catch there. Could be next week, could be next year. Who knows with the Know Nothing Nerds. <laughs> it's true. Know Nothing Nerds is like a little mystery box. You never know when the next episode's going to come out. Um, next time, 
that that UCS we're we're going to uh, be a little bit of a return to to, to form for us. Yeah, uh, and I'm quite excited to get back to that, and I know Twitch is as well. Very much so. Um, but for the time being, Twitch, what you, what do you have for us? So today? What's, uh, what's going this, on in your world? This may not be of any surprise that this is something that I wanted to bring up with. Uh, uh, for the show today, uh, yeah. something that we always end up talking about, regardless whether it's we're gonna hit present today. or not. That's great to hear. That's great today. to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to um, hit both today. So uh, I did say in the last episode that uh, yes. um, my girlfriend had started using my HBO account and she had started watching Game of Thrones. Yeah. Well, I I really wanted to watch a couple of key episodes with her just to get her reaction. She yeah. missed she missed I missed watching The Red Wedding with her, which I was really oh, hoping cruising. for that. Okay. Um yeah. oh, she cruised. <laughs> she's cruising, yeah. Uh yeah. Uh but I knew that what, she What was her thoughts it, on the on The Red Wedding? She hated it. It pissed in her like, off. In, in it like pissed a good, her off. in a good way, in a good way, in a good way, in a good way. Um uh and I, I revel in moments like that. I was like, yes, oh, yeah. kill them all, <laughs> kill them all. Uh, but I uh, I knew that she hadn't gotten to season six yet. And I okay. really wanted to watch The Winds of Winter with her. That's my favorite episode out of the entire yeah. series. It just yeah. hits so on so many notes in that. It's excellent storytelling, not just in the writing, but everything in the film craft. It's amazing at um, yeah. So I really wanted to watch that with her. Well, I over the weekend, uh, I texted her and I said, hey, when you get to season six, the uh, last episode of season six, let me know because I want to watch it with you. And she says, well, you better get home quick because I'm about ready to start uh, uh, episode eight, which is Battle of the Bastards or episode yeah. nine, which is Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I was like, oh, uh, can you wait to watch that until I get home? She's like, <laughs> you better get quick. Uh, I'm going to run and get food. So you got about 40 minutes. So I was like, okay, I'll go run my errands quick and then I'll get home. So uh, we watched Battle of the Bastards together and it was awesome. She loved it. As I was always, like staring yeah. at her like 80% of the time yeah, watching her reactions, yeah. especially at the scene when uh, Rickon gets, gets nailed because – I love the way that they they play with your expectations and suspense in that scene because typically the rule the rule of three in pretty much absolutely everything it's you go you go with three it's just kind of a natural beat type thing that we have going in our brains. So, so that's something that, like I don't understand. I I, I haven't really like researched. It's a psychological story, thing, but totally. Uh, I have watched a lot of videos talking about why that particular scene is super great too and what i also like is the music swells on that third one too like you are supposed to think that he's gonna get nailed so it's great because her expectation was going into is like rickon's gonna be killed Uh uh-huh and then like and then you have this brief flash of like every time every time it was it was so great because every time when the first arrow hit she was like oh first arrow or the second arrow missed she freaked out and then the third one she was so tensed up and it it hit next to his foot and she was like you just see the relief yeah the relief and then all of a sudden bam like right as soon as he gets to john she just has like kind of like this like wait what (gasps) yeah 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 what a great moment so honestly 
Yeah. I love that moment if I if I didn't have such a huge distaste for Rick on Stark. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been fucking anyone else and I would have felt that scene ten times yeah, more than Rick true. on Stark. But you know I was like I remember I remember the first time watching the show they because uh, season six obviously goes past the books. Yeah. And they they bring Rick on into like Ramsey's room with when they when they kill Shaggy Dog and everything uh-huh. like that. And uh, I, I remember being like, "The fuck is this?" <laughs> he like, doesn't re- like this. He looks so much older than when the yeah. last time we saw him. It's just like, like at least with Bran, like yeah, there was definitely an age jump when we saw him between was but it they season spend four and so season five. So much time with Bran. Yeah, so he's a character. Yeah, he's he's you know. He's but with Rick on, it was game, just but... like I have no real <laughs> yeah, emotional like, connection to you. You are, dude. Uh, yeah. So we watched the rest of that episode. I I think easily in all of television, it's the best portrayal of a battle. I think it's better than Hard Home. By far, oh, like I wouldn't say yeah, by I mean, far, here, it's 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 different, but I would say it is it is definitely the best battle yeah. sequence out of all of Game of Thrones. Easily, I think I agree with that. Uh, but I will say, like, Hard Home hits different, and, and, and it, it does. does because it. I don't view Hard Home as a battle. I view that as just like a fucking slaughter. It's true. Like, it's definitely they, is. like they didn't go to Hard Home. To have it's, a battle, it, it was right, more like, of an like ambush battle of bastards, type thing, right? Battle of bastards is like your your typical like George R. R. Martin medieval battle, where Correct. like terms are met, you meet the day before the battle, you offer uh, a, a single hand combat between you know the two leaders, mm-hmm. and then like they fight the next day. That yeah. is how every battle has been waged. Yeah, uh, in I suppose, except for the siege on King's Landing, Stannis's failed siege. Yeah, but every other battle like has has followed those rules. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hardhome is just like this was the first time you really see the whites like fucking yeah. tearing shit. And I, I will and, agree with that. I just like the way that they filmed the yeah. battle. Like the different. Like if you're looking at purely from the way they filmed it, like yes, Hardhome was epic. It was really cool. Yeah. The yeah. way that we got to see the whites wa- uh whites fight and stuff, but. As far as like filming and being in the action and stuff, I think Battle of the Bastards did a better job of putting us in the action than with Hard Home. Um, but I will also say I think that Battle of the Bastards and uh, Arya's fight with the Waif in season six. Oh yeah, both really, really. I think now with you know perfect hindsight, seeing how the show ended, mm-hmm. I think those two moments marked a sharp sharp change in direction for the show yeah where like you have main characters starting in season six yeah and those characters are very well protected like john is getting trampled to death it's true yeah in in the battle of the bastards and he makes it out okay and so like they put him in unsurvivable situations and in in every other season that gets your character killed in game of thrones yeah And, and he does fine so like that to me but also I can't. I can't give Battle of the Bastards anything less than a ten because it's so perfect. It is. It's it so is. good. It is. You, uh, that is such a satisfying end to to Ramsay. I would have liked. <laughs> I would have liked to see like Theon get a. I don't know some sort of like send off with Ramsay because he yeah. just runs away. Yeah. Uh, he jumps off the battlements of Winterfell with Sansa, 
but like Sansa ultimately being the one to kill Ramsay is is so it's like, so satisfying, so perfect. It yeah, shows it shows satisfying. the uh, I would say in that moment it shows the completion, not the completion of Sansa's arc, but the cl- completion of her education. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like it, that well, like, moment initially, encapsulates I feel like it, the path that she is going to go through for the rest yeah. of the series. I, I sure. feel like they kind of did her dirty uh, because obviously in in the books they married Jane Poole off to Ramsay. Mm-hmm. Jane Poole disguised as Arya Stark. Um, it, it, that's I think it's a really clever way to do that, but also protect Sansa because Sansa like half overcomes her story in the veil when she lies for Peter yeah. to, to save his ass. But also like you get that great line from her. That's like, if I didn't know what they were going to do to you, what were they going to do to me? Yeah. Right. So like you see that you see that she's playing the game now and she's, yep. she's out there to, and then like you take her from there and marry her off to Ramsey. It's like, that kind of sucked. But to your point, like dealing with what she had to deal with. Yeah. Killing Ramsey was the, that perfect send off for yep. like, yeah. Yep. So she can start fucking shit up now. So then after we watched Battle of the Bastards, we watched my favorite episode of the series together, um the yeah. Winds of Winter. Um yeah. and and nothing has changed about that. It's still it's, it's still so fantastic. The unreal. way the way that they matched the music, the way that yeah. they matched the shots, like yeah. even down to the fucking clothing, like and the the way that the characters were presented, like told yeah the whole story so well throughout that entire episode. Um, and the first 20 minutes, 15 minutes being all like practically silence, except for the music, um, was just like, Oh, my favorite type of filmmaking, like all visuals, no dialogue to tell the story. It's great. And and it tells, it tells this perfect, perfectly bound story. So, uh, I, 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 I'm so bummed that Marjorie died because I really, yeah, she she was a powerful player. I think she would have been an awesome queen. But, like, but at the same time, but at the same time, story wise, her character arc definitely was finished at that moment. It was done, and and it's because she probably meets the same fate in the books. But anyway, you 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 finish because like because if she would have been a stronger character, she would have realized that she was being played by the sparrow with her brother being the one that was actually being turned had already been turned. She would have survived. There would have been no doubt about it. She would have survived. Uh, But because she had so much love for her brother and she couldn't turn away from her brother. That was her weakness. Yeah. It and ultimately that mistake killed her. gets yeah, that mistake. That gets mistake killed. Gets killed. So I, yeah. uh, we watched that together and I got the bug. I got the fucking bug. to want to finish the rest of it with her. So we ended up spending all of the rest of the day on Holy Saturday shit. and all of the rest of the day on Sunday, finishing the rest of game of Thrones series. Now I, the, the reason I wanted to talk about it was yeah. I had some slightly uh, the rewatch through of the final season. Yeah. 
my heart has shifted slightly on it. I think it's still oh, the worst season. No, it's, no, 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 no. It's still, Continue. It's don't, still don't, the worst don't season. Don't qualify anything. No, don't I'm, qualify I got to qualify. Speak your piece. <laughs> everyone knows it's the worst season. Everyone knows it's the, If I think it's the worst season, okay. everyone can universally agree that it's the worst okay. season. Okay, okay. This is what I'll say. It's There's not a balance to it. It's definitely balanced too much on the side of this was shit. Yeah. for anything like yeah it the way it ended was horrible um but there was some really good moments within that series and i and i will take this to my grave i do think that how it ended had they played things differently leading up to the uh eighth season yeah. probably would have had it would have given it some legs to where, okay, I understand why they would logically end it on episode six like they ended it. Also, if they would have given the whole last season more time to breathe, I think that that would have resolved a lot of issues. There are some things that still really piss me off about it, but I do want to point out some really good moments in that last season that do kind of give it some redemption that make it a rewatchable season is the fact that I know that everybody ragged on like you watch the first episode of that season. Everybody's like, Oh sweet. We finally feel like we're getting game of Thrones back Uh Uh and it feels like it's, yeah, it's set up, but it's good setup. And then we go to second, second episode and everything slows down and everybody was pissed off about that second episode. It's like, what the <laughs> yeah, hell? This is just the same thing. Shouldn't yeah. we be in the battle already? Se- yeah, it was the second episode one. I think that that second episode may be the best episode out of the entire last you season. And I, you and I both said, you remember what? So yeah. we did uh, each episode in review. Yep. And we spoke highest about the second episode yep. while it was airing. Yep. And I still agree with that yep. for sure. It I still is, agree with that for sure. It is so good because we get all the my favorite thing about Game of Thrones is the character development, the character moments. Yeah. It's not about yeah. the battles. It's not about the magic. It's not about it, the political stuff. Yes, it's fun, but it's only fun because it informs character. Right. The characters are the reason why I love that show. And the character moments, the ones that we get to see the characters uh, show their different sides by the choices that they make, by the conflicts that they're in, those are the moments that I love. And I think that the second episode, even though the the conflict was in the tension of knowing that by uh, the wee morning hours, they're all fucked – like that was the that was the conflict that was going on. It was definitely a more existential conflict throughout that episode. But to watch the ep- the characters how they're readying themselves and how are they how they were preparing for death was fascinating. Sure, we yeah. got to see a lot of their facades start to break away, um, yeah. and we got to see who they truly are because I think death like. There's a saying that it's out there that uh, in death we really get to see people's true nature, something like that. Yeah. So it was cool to see that type of stuff. Like we got to see a softer side of the hound with Arya, even though he was still very much the hound. We got to see that that side of him a little bit more. We got to see Arya, even though it was creepy as fuck to watch her fuck. Um, 
we got to see her actually embrace that humanistic side of herself yeah. because from the time that she started getting with the, or she started working with the uh, faceless men. Yeah. She started to become more and more of a sociopath. <laughs> I think it started, I think it started with the hound. Yeah. Well, I think it started yeah. with the hound with her little true, hound. She, she but really, it really think, shined in, with the faceless men. So yeah, I agree. I agree. So it became her own. Of the yeah. Uh, so those are some really that that's one of the reasons why I love the second episode. Some of the other really good moments is like, I know that people ragged on the fact that, uh, Daenerys kind of went mad queen a little out of nowhere. It is true, but the way she reacted was really cool. I think she did a really good job in that. I don't, I think that the writing was definitely a lackluster in some of those areas about as far as progressing her, but the way she portrayed that was really well. And the, the way they did it with the design, like in the uh, sixth episode, uh, or not sixth episode, the fifth episode. The fifth episode was when, uh, was, when, when what episode did Miss Sande die? Fourth episode? End of fourth. End of fourth episode. So in the fifth episode where we see her, her hair's down, it's disheveled, She's, she's looking gaunt. very gaunt like and like stuff she, like yeah, that. She, yeah. Great job in the storytelling yeah. inside of that and stuff like that. Um, I I love the little details that they had. Uh, like the first sense that you really got that something is wrong with Daenerys was in episode one when she's down on the battlements with John, and she says uh, to John, "If I can't trust her." Like that look she gives looks so much like her brother uh, Viserys, like yeah, yeah. so much like him. It's just like, oh shit! Like we're in for some trouble here. And I think that they did put little plants in there to show that she you was going crazy. Tell- yeah, that it wasn't yeah. such a shock to me that she would go and burn down all of King's Landing mm-hmm. at all. Although it does feel, I could understand why people felt it was coming out of left field. Um, there are things that do piss me off about the last season. And when I watched them again, it was just like, it boiled my blood even more. <laughs> uh, one was the whole Jamie Lannister thing. They did That's, not. That made me so mad. It's, I get what they were going for. I totally get it. Yeah, they just did not set it up properly. No, enough. it happened in twenty seconds, and <clears throat> it, suddenly he. Yeah. I do understand why he felt he needed to go back to Cersei, and it did, wasn't despite Brienne or anything I like know, that. But, he was again, he did it, and the reason why he did it, and I understand why he did it, was because he felt like he was protecting Brienne from himself. Yes, he felt like he was un. Uh, but you don't see any of that struggle. No, you don't see it. But that was the intentions. He felt yes. like he was a unredeemable character. So he was going to be with the woman that he felt he deserved or deserved him, which yeah. was a hateful woman. Like Cersei is a hateful, hateful woman. Very hateful. So he figured like, I know that she loves me and she ex- accepts me for being a terrible human being. So I'm going to go be with her. It wasn't to be terrible to Brienne. It just didn't get developed the way it needed to be. And that I definitely understand why people are pissed off about it. And I was too. The other thing that really pissed me off 
Not the Branwell theory wasn't did not come true, even though that I, does hurt. Dude, that ha, does hurt. Tell me how. Tell me how much better the Battle of Winterfell would have been. If, I agree. If Branwell theory was true, and Homie sends like not even half of his army to Winterfell, and they're just clobbering Winterfell, yep. and everyone's like, "The fuck is the Night King?" And then like forty. 75% of the way through the episode, we just like see an establishing shot of Old Town and uh-huh. it's snowy and it's gray and like it's snowing in Old Town and everyone's like, the fuck is going on here? It shouldn't be snowing in Old Town. And then goddamn zombie dragon strikes the <laughs> Citadel. You're telling me the collective minds of the entire audience of Game of Thrones would yeah. have been like season eight saved. Season yeah, eight yeah, saved. yeah, yeah. I agree. Right I agree. It would have been badass. But, no, that's not the part that upsets me the most. The part that upsets me the most, and on my rewatch, it really triggered it. Yeah. Fuck you, Bran. Fuck (laughs) you. I don't want to be a leader. Why do you... But I'll be the king. But I'll be the king. The fact that he said, why do you think I came all this way? Fuck you, man. Just middle finger. They... They did brand dirty. They did brand dirty in season seven and eight. They did them dirty. Oh, it was so like, it basically felt like he had played it this entire time just so he could be king. Like it felt like it wasn't like a, a sacrifice or anything like that. Mm -hmm. He willingly Mm -hmm. let people go to death for him just so he could be king in that moment. And I, it, this is regardless of the horseshit way that they did that whole thing. Like, yeah, I, I, I agree with everybody that is like, why the fuck is Tyrion getting a voice in that moment? Why the hell doesn't Grey Worm just kill them all? Like, he has the opportunity to do it. And I, Grey Worm would, in my opinion, Grey Worm would have just said, screw you all. I'm killing Tyrion. I'm killing Jon Snow. Regardless of the fact that you guys are outside our gates and would easily destroy us all with your collective might, I'm here for vengeance. You yeah. you are the reason that Miss Sande is dead. You're the yeah. reason that my queen is dead. So yeah. I'm ready to go to death right now. So the fact that Grey Worm gave up that power, it it's... That's horseshit. And why is Tyrion calling the shots? I know, I know, I know. Oh, I that last. Oh, dude, that that really. Okay, that is my biggest problem. That whole last bullshit. Who has a better story than Bran the Broken? Fucking most of the people sitting there. (laughs) Sweet Robin Aaron has a more interesting story than Bran does. Yeah, he does. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Yep. So. But I, like I said, there are some great redeeming moments in the last season. Yes. Not enough to redeem it as a whole. There is not enough, nearly enough to redeem it as a whole. But there are great little moments in there that make that last season definitely more palatable yeah. and easier for a rewatch. And I'd be willing now, now that I've actually like gotten it in, out of my system to rewatch the last season that I'd actually be willing to go back from season one and watch it all through again. Okay. So I I, kind of as a tag on to, to, to what you were saying about how Delise has been watching and you kind of picked it up uh, and have been watching, well, the last two seasons and a few episodes kind of sprinkled in here and there. Um, 
I have shown my friend Carter Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. and we've watched every episode together. Nice. Uh, and so I'm, I'm, uh, we just started season five. We watched two episodes of season five yesterday. Yep. Uh, and I, I laughed uh, when you were like, I spent a lot of time watching uh delise for her reactions yeah. i'm basically just staring at carter the whole time just to be like oh my god i like remembering how i felt yeah seeing or reading about that thing for the first time and being like god that was such a good moment to yep. see that happen for the first time but yep. anyway i i'm curious to hear i i do want to ask you a question yes um and it's mostly it's it's geared toward delise but uh i'm very curious to see what Carter thinks of the show as a whole. Yeah. And be, and the reason being is because, like, you and I are a bit much when it comes to uh, nerdism and fandoms yep, that, yep. that we like. Like, you and I dive deeper than most people yes. do. Yes. Oh, yeah. I consider Carter, like, he's a, he's a he can dive into shows, and he got really he's gotten really into all the shows that I've shown him. But I would also, like, he's not, you know – googling theories about things right? yeah, like he's yeah. Not, he's he's spending the time that he's watching the show enjoying it yeah you know what i mean but i don't think he's theory crafting much yeah, or no. spending a lot of time thinking about it so like i'm very curious to hear what like a casual fan of the show thinks of it as a whole yeah who just got to consume it in one shot like didn't have to wait between seasons yes but we we've we started watching it about two months ago Gotcha. And we'll probably be finished in February. So, like, what was that like for Delise to kind of cruise through the show, but but ha- like maybe have minimal spoilers, but just not all that invested in it? Like, so, what did she think of season eight? So we had like, I don't want to speak too much for, her, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, because I don't want to be getting in trouble, you know, yeah. being putting in the. Putting in doghouse, having to sleep on the couch, even though I already I would sleep say on the couch. Of all the things, of all the things you could you could speak for her for, I think Game of Thrones is a pretty low low risk. I I would say so for for somewhat of it. Uh, we did kind of like she does. <laughs> I want to choose my words carefully. <laughs> yeah, be careful here. Um, I can, I, no, no, no. Say, speak your mind, and I'll bleep out things. As okay, okay, that'll work. That'll work. Uh, no, uh, so. She knows that I am a film person, that I yeah. store I study story. It is my life. It is my job in in so to speak. Um yeah. I went to school for it. So I understand uh when I watch something, I view it in a completely different way mm-hmm. than her. Same thing with you. You view it in a completely different way now. Do, yeah. Uh much more so now. Um since you've started really diving into things and story wise. Um, so but she definitely, still, you and I, you and I are looking at different stuff. Exactly. Like, exactly. Like, I still very much view story as an actual telling of something that happened, where I mm-hmm. feel like as you're seeing it as the amalgamation of a beautiful craft coming together. Correct. Correct. Like, I can very appreciate so. good yep. writing and yep. I can talk about what good and bad writing is, but at the end of the day, like the first time and the second time I'm watching or reading something, I am very much putting myself into that world as a fly on the wall. Yeah. And and I don't like judge the art. I just experience whatever Correct. the story is. Yeah. So so you and I still differ in that area. Correct. So 
she she kind of came up with a semi hard fast rule to where I can't go into some of those details, especially if I'm going to be critical of them. Like, <laughs> sure, sure, the sure. one area that like she has forbid me from like really going deep into things with is TV, and okay. I I'm fine with that to an extent. Yeah. There's there's definitely yeah. going to be a line in the sand on some things. Like, I'm not going to do it with shows that are like easily like. Uh, I can easily pick, pick at, nitpick at, yeah. Um, yeah. or easy targets like pretty much anything that is like basic cable or basic network. Like anything You're talking that's about like bad NBC television, like Legion. Yeah, hates. Hey, hey. <laughs> uh, I'm talking more on the level of like you know uh, NCIS type shit, yeah, or yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawson's Creek, uh, sure. or like uh, Vampire Diaries and stuff. Supernatural, for that matter. Um, all good shows. There's nothing wrong with them. No doubt, like I don't yeah. think I don't have a problem with them. Like they're just not like they're not cinematic. They're not like they're. I don't want to say pristine storytelling. It's just a totally different type of storytelling. Right. Um. So I can't really go into details with that. Uh. With her. Um. I did, however, kind of come with a comp come to a compromise with her on some movies and then also Game of Thrones. Because Game of Thrones is my jam. I've spent a lot of years with Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. I've spent, spent a, a lot, lot of years talking about a lot Game of, of time looking into it, studying it, yeah. researching yeah. it. Uh, so she's got to give me a little bit of leeway on Game it. Game of Thrones was our was our second episode of the podcast. Yeah, it was Game of Thrones. It's season. true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, uh, what? Why is Jon so, Snow so itchy? Because he's got Aunts ants in his pants. <laughs> I said it aunts. She got okay. I said aunts to her when I told her the joke, and she's like, "That's not funny." I was like, "Yeah, it is." You know, aunts, ants. Aunt, she's like, ants in she's her like, pants. you don't call ants aunts, so it doesn't make sense. I was like, "It's funny. It's it's you're supposed to laugh." Anyways, I'm gonna get in trouble for that, but fuck it. All right, whatever. So while we're watching it, like. I could tell that she was definitely viewing it differently than me. One of the things that she did say, and I I disagree with her on this, but this is a matter of preference versus like uh, 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 critical, like like critically what's good, what's bad type thing. This is just a yeah. matter of preference. She says she prefers the last few seasons, so like six through eight. More yeah. than she prefers the first few the first. seasons. Okay. Whereas yeah. I like seasons one through three. Four. Four. Oh, come on. Four is. Four. Well, yes, four. Three is kind of a weird one. Like, there's a lot of good stuff that happens in three, but I yeah. think season one and two are really, really good. Season three, yes. Season four, really good. Five, kind of a slump in areas, but then season What's six f- is good throughout in my opinion i'm so baffled that five hit hit this weird slump because five had two thousand page books to adapt yeah, yeah. and maybe it's just a maybe it's just too much shit that could they have had been. to adapt could have been but but th- that season five of game of thrones is a dance with dragons yeah. and a feast for crows and it's just like how do you have that yeah. much at your disposal Yep. And still manage to, to – or um, 
Yeah, I don't know. People, mm. And the other part of the the casual viewer thing is that that I could tell. Like, I don't want to say this like definitively with Delise and Babe. I'm sorry if this sounds like I'm talking for you. He asked me the question. Blame Luke. It's, it's Blame about Game Luke. of Thrones. Blame Luke. It's fine. There, there definitely was a bit of uh, a disconnect. She didn't see all the connections that I would have seen or you would have seen. Sure. Sure. Like a lot of the kind of uh, um, plants uh, that happened, um, how it was foreshadowing things or the reasons yeah, why. Yeah, yeah. Like she would get upset about why a certain character would die. And I was like, well, it's good that they died. It's it's for story that they died. Right, like right. if they would have stayed around, it would have just been like any other show in TV. Yeah. And yeah. Game of Thrones is supposed to be completely different from all of other television shows. So, I you know, like, you're going to get... And I think that's one of the reasons why she didn't like the first few seasons as much as the latter seasons. Because, like it or not, like, despite some... Like, season six definitely is the outlier of the latter seasons, which season six has so many good moments it's, and such a I, I fucking think, good season. Um, I it think may be the season, best season. It I think behind be. season four, it's the best season. Yeah. Like um, I, uh, my hierarchy is four, four and six are like right there. But episodes or sorry, season seven and eight definitely felt like, even though it was very game of Thrones in storytelling, it definitely felt a little bit more like your typical standard television storytelling. Yeah. And story to our character roles. Like there are certain characters that are protected by plot at this point. Like you pointed yeah. out Jon yeah. Snow, all the Starks were all pr- plot Complete, had plot protection yeah. on them yeah. through season seven and eight. Most of the main characters that we saw, um, uh, like you knew that the hound was going to be protected until he fought the mountain. Like, yep. Literally. As soon as, as soon as he came back, cause at first I was like, Maybe he died in, yeah. in the Eerie. Maybe when yeah. Arya left him for dead. But as soon as you like, it's the same thing with John. Like you yep. can't bring a character back to life and then have them die. Yep. You know, in season seven, that's yep. just not how that fucking works. So like when the Hound and John went north, I was like, yeah, they're coming back. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> those those, yep. those two are coming back. I don't yep. care how many javelin throws the Night King. <laughs> You know, perfectly just snipes dragons out of the yeah. sky. When John went John, under the water, when John went under the oh, water in there, I was, I was like, for a second, somebody's gonna save him. He's either gonna walk out of there just like, oh, yeah. Ooh, it's a little chilly. Ooh, and just, wow, he, he'll find like some cavern underwater, and you know, e- Egret will be there, and she's still alive, and you know, they make sweet cold passionate love under the water and then he comes back up and he's got a jet pack and he flies back to winterfell like he would have gotten out of there just yeah. fine yeah no yeah. issues no issues yeah so i i do think that like you're gonna like uh he's gonna he's gonna enjoy it if he's enjoyed it so far um, oh he, yeah, yeah 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 but yeah like there's definitely gonna be areas that like if they're not like super invested into it and in super like theory crafting or researching and stuff, then he may not really pick up on some of the th- 
themes that are in there. The the, so. the thing is though, like also is that I've been holding his hand through a lot of it, mm-hmm. um, and kind of being like his wiki. Yeah, where, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. I would I wouldn't even say sometimes most episodes that we watch. I'm pausing at least once to like explain something. Yeah, and I've had it, I had to do that a little bit with her too. And, and to, I think for me that's a good sign because like it shows that he's interested to the yes. point of being yep. like I want to know what's happening here. Yeah. Um, whereas like, you know, at a certain point when you're experiencing this show alone or this these books alone. You kind of just have to let some things go unanswered the first time. Yep. Very much so. Because, <laughs> boy, do I remember the first time consuming this series and just being like, hang on a second. Yeah. I, and, and I hit this threshold of just being like, let me just power through. I'll come back to this. D- I trust that one day this will make sense to me. When I read, when I read uh, the first book the first time, I was like, Dude, even though I'd already seen the first season, like I still really have yeah. trouble getting kind of figuring out what the hell is going on. And oh, then yeah. the second time I listened to the book, I was like, "Oh, this all makes sense now." Yeah, now so yeah, totally. Yeah. And as someone who reads the books like twice a year right now, <laughs> they they're they're really just now starting to click. But yep. uh, one game that I played with Carter was like in season two. Uh, I would have him list out all of the names of the people who are in the locations during the theme song. Oh, and that was like, gotcha. That really yeah, helped yeah, yeah, him yeah, yeah, get yeah. the characters down yep. really quickly. Yep. Um, she definitely, like, that was the other thing, too. She definitely had a problem with keeping track of who was who. Um, yeah, it's like, hard. she didn't know. She thought that. Uh, she thought that uh, Stannis and Ruth, no, Ruth were the same she people. She thought. <laughs> I I I immediately paused. The, the, the they look so fucking similar. So similar. The, the bald head. Saw, it's the bald fucking dude, head. In the books, Ruth Bolton is like this pale. He gets leached every day, so he's got, like, oh, leech marks yeah. all over his body. Like, he is so different. And, and in the show, as soon as it, as soon as soon you see Roose Bolton for the first time, uh-huh. like, post-Rob Stark, I paused and was like, okay, that's not Stannis, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Carter was like, oh, thank God. Thank you. I was like, how the fuck did he get over here so quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, yeah, um, no, I definitely did have to explain to some of the characters were, uh, like, she thought that, Loras Tyrell was actually Varys for a second. Like, oh, okay. Then, and it was just because of the names. Like, it wasn't yeah. she confused those it characters. Was, it was the, but it, the it was names. Confused the names. The names yeah. were a little bit tough um, yeah. for her and stuff. But, like, yeah, it was like, but I'm sure that had I'd watched it from the beginning with her, which I had actually planned to watch a couple episodes with her, but she just, like, flew through it. Just like, she zipped, did it yeah. in under yeah. two and a half weeks. Yeah, um, that's insane. Yeah. Well, hey, I did it. I've done it. No, I we've times. all done it. Jesus. Um, yeah. So I told you about the time that I crushed season five in one sitting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I got home from driving my folks to the airport and I was really stressed out and it was 6 a.m. So I just like fucking just, just, just demolished yep. season five. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think just as a closing thought, I, I, Obviously, I'm obsessed with the show mm-hmm. and the books and, and uh, you know, Duncan Egg and all of, like, the surrounding content to, to Game of Thrones. And I 
even though season eight undoubtedly left a bitter taste in my mouth, yep. it didn't wash away the the beauty of all of the rest of it. No, even and it season didn't. Season seven to yeah. a certain extent. Yeah. Because some things happen in season seven that, that still blow my mind. Like the wall coming down yep. and, and the loot train attack. Like I that is such a sick scene. Like yep. it's definitely all action and all spectacle starting at season seven, but that's okay to a certain extent. Yeah. And and I definitely like I still think it's uh, I still think it's worth showing people who have expressed interest. I, I agree. In I agree. Seeing. Because and the other reason why too is that it does TV in such a vastly different way. And this is the this is the reason why HBO has done so well with yeah. their original programming for so long. <clears throat> is they're not afraid to take chances on uh, being outside the box with your mm-hmm. typical television shows. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of networks uh, or studios that have started to copy that formula um, of the way that HBO goes about doing their stories. And and I would say, I would even put it, and HBO has kind of been doing this for a long time, <clears throat> the way that they t- kind of take stories is that they look at them as uh, long-form films essentially yeah. uh yeah. because the way they make everything very cinematic the way that the craft is used the way that the the characters arcs are it all has a very uh film or feature length film structure feel to it yeah. uh and it makes the story a lot more engaging yeah. it makes it feel different but the same because that's a big thing about tv is that you watch it because you can understand what is happening. Uh, uh, you can recognize one TV show from another um, because of the way that it's structured and everything else. Um, but they do it in a slightly different way that it doesn't feel so formulaic. Like if you're watching something on NBC or Fox or ABC right. or something like that. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, like – also, most of the content that you're going to be seeing in HBO over the years, the reason that it's going to be so good is because of Thrones. Like, yeah. Thrones generated a fucking insurmountable amount of cash for oh, HBO. Oh, yeah. And yep. it shows in what they – like, Chernobyl being the first show that they dropped after Game of Thrones is staggering. <sighs> oh, and such a so, perfect series. I know. And, uh. and, and that was like – and everyone loved it and yep. some of the shows that have come out since game of thrones have been just magnificent yep. um and and whether or not you like it it's you know pretty much you know thrones has to be a really big play part of the reason why we're seeing so many good shows come from hbo and it's because I'd they agree. have the money for it yep um so i'm i'm happy to see that yeah you've been watching legion or you want to talk yeah. about legion i i would uh, let's talk about what you got first uh one of your one of your things that you want to talk about first okay i just want you to know that i'm i i wanted you to talk about legion because i don't want to talk about legion okay i okay. kind of just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to get that over with but okay fine uh as a quick note uh this is not something that i texted you about today but um 
the Jewel special for Euphoria came out. Uh, oh, I did days see that. Ago. I did see that. Yeah, uh, and it, it was superb. Uh, again, you know, they are very limited to what they can film and what they can do right now because of COVID. Yep. Uh, but they still pulled off a, a very well written episode. Uh, Hunter Schaefer is the actress who portrays Jules in the show, and uh, she has um, gone through, you know, gender transitioning. And that's something that is kind of a main topic of the episode. Uh-huh. And something that, uh, what's his name? Sam, Sam something, the creator of the show. Sam Levinson, I believe, is his name. Uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of experience with that. And so what he actually did was something interesting as a as a creator of the show is that he kind of took a back seat to this episode and was just sort of like a director okay uh, hunter schaefer wrote uh the episode okay and she also like did all of the, the the costume design for it as well huh. um she was very like eager to jump in there and so she did a she did a lot of the help for that episode uh and i think the result of that like having a character who's been through the topic that's being discussed for an yeah. hour, right? The episode, uh, it, it, it had a very genuine feel to it. Uh, and that's and it always was, good, especially when you're dealing yeah. with topics like this is to, yeah. it, it's, it's one of those things where with writing, it's write What, you know, um, mm-hmm. if you don't know it, don't try and dive in and think that you're going to nail it. Especially something, especially like something like know? this. Um, um and so if you, that, if you and, don't know it, you better have done your research. Uh, yeah. Damn well. Damn yeah, well. Because sometimes it can be nice to have like an outsider's yeah. perspective, but you can't yeah. be – you have to really walk that line. Yep. Um, Sam Levinson is a uh, surviving addict, uh, and so like that's why the the drugs in that show are so accurately yeah, portrayed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I, – I watched a video about like how the difference between 13 Reasons Why and Euphoria, like romanticizing um, like mental health. Yeah. And how 13 Reasons Why kind of was like, oh, my God, these teens are so quirky and different because they're depressed. Whereas, like, Euphoria is like, no, this is shitty. This is is real. Yeah. This is real and it's it's ugly and it's messy and – Yeah. And that's what I appreciate about Euphoria even though, like, I'm still – I'm going to watch the whole thing eventually. You really – yeah, yeah. I'm going to make you do it for a podcast. I definitely watched the first couple episodes. Um and I do like it, um, and it's it's definitely different. Like it is definitely a teen drama. It shows yeah. this is what this is what a teen drama would be if you took away the Hollywood from it. Yes, 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 absolutely. And agree with that. it's it's raw. It's mm-hmm. very emotional. It's disturbing, mm-hmm. um, and. I guarantee that if you were to put this on CW, you would get so many angry mom letters uh, into that network. Uh, it would not be ha- they would not be happy. Uh, only HBO could get away with a show like this. Only HBO with only the reputation HBO. that they yeah. have. I uh, wait. Let me let me let me let me restate that. Only HBO could get away with a show like this and do it as well as they did. Yes. Because yes. I could see this being a topic that, like, Showtime would take on, um, maybe even Game of Thrones. But I think if – or Game of Thrones, Netflix would take on, or even Amazon. Um, but I think you would get the 13 Reasons Why treatment. 
Yes, absolutely. Uh, for the show versus what HBO does. So, Which yeah. is why I think I'm nearing the end of my Netflix subscription. Oh. I don't I'm know kinda, if I... Dude, I, I'm kind of over it. I, every time I go on Netflix to be like, oh, I like the Queen's Gamut book. Maybe I like the show. And I start watching it, and I'm just like... It, 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 I don't know. Like, I hear all these good things. But I loved it. I thought it was great. I th- I love you, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. So. I love Anya Taylor-Joy as well, but the, the I don't know. The book did something there that, that I wasn't quite getting from the show. Gotcha. Anyway, um, all that to say, that episode was, was really good, and I can't wait for COVID to go away so we can get a season two already because yep. there are so many questions that I have burning that, like, the two specials just ignored because like that's not what they're there for. Uh. <laughs> and so I'm still like, damn it! I have all these things that I want to find out that I can't. Uh, real quick before I hand the mic back to you, um, I have been falling down the rabbit hole this week um, while I've been in between books because I I started 2021 in like a frenzy of reading mm-hmm. and. Um, I have definitely slowed down this week. And one of the things that I've been doing on like my downtime is, is telling myself, Hey, you should read. And then diving down a YouTube rabbit hole. That oh, is yeah. endless. But something that I've been really into, uh, the last few days have just been like video essay ish. Okay. Of style yeah. videos. Yep. And they have really captivated my interest because I, I've, I've kind of sought out the uh, the HBO <laughs> of of the YouTube um, of of the YouTube uh, video essay creators. Gotcha. And I I just want to like by name just talk about three of them super okay. quickly. Sounds um, good. Let me know back when we did the recommendations here and there. Okay. Um, I threw a recommendation out that people should go check out. Let me know for their um, documentary style videos. And they're just kind of like random videos about this and that. But what I really love about him is that is that he takes the time in between his videos to do everything perfectly. Okay. And so like his release schedule is on average four to six months between videos. And who is this? Let me know. It's it's spelled. Oh, L-E- let me know. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it it's spelled L E M M I N O. Like let me know. Uh, gotcha. But 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 it's it's supposed to be you know let me know is is what it is. But he's done videos from like everything about extraterrestrial life to like internet conspiracy theories to how many times we've been super close to the apocalypse. But then he's also done videos of just like missing planes, and and it's usually sh- mysteries. It's usually things mm-hmm. that have kind of gone unsolved. Um, he's done a video about like the Mandela effect and Bermuda Triangle. He's done one about some wars. Uh, it, it's fascinating. But what really yep. sells me on Let Me Know is his production value. It's through the roof. Yeah, everything that he. The, the reason it takes him so long to put out a video is because everything that he does is just golden. Yeah. Um, so one, once again, let me know. Totally check him out. Yeah. Uh, Nexpo is is the next 
uh, YouTube channel on the list that I've been going down the rabbit hole of. Very similar production quality, uh, a voice that I could listen to for hours and does similar kind of content where it's mostly okay his one of his more recent youtube videos i should I should uh, clear things up is the title is disturbing things from around the internet volume 11 <laughs> it's not exactly <laughs> it's not exactly the place you go for a pick me up but what yeah, have you yeah, known yeah, me yeah, yeah, yeah. what have you known me to be a uh, dude be a, that, okay there's two things that that youtube does well uh it makes people ridiculously famous for no reason at all oh yeah and it brings you the weirdest shit from the internet the in video shit. form. Yep. Yes, I yep. totally agree. Uh, once again, that's Nexpo, N-E-X-P-O, for sure. Check them out. And then there's Barely Sociable, which, again, is kind of a darker uh, okay. a darker kind of, I'm, kind of... I'm sensing kind of a theme here with you, Luke. I'm sending there's a, a, sensing a little theme here. Yeah, there's definitely a theme. There's there's definitely a theme. But listen, that's kind of the rabbit hole that I've been going down, and and I've been really enjoying those videos. And yeah. they're they're nice and edible and bite sized. What I like about it is, you know, when I get into a book series or a TV show series, what I love about that is that it's like starting an adventure, and I like mm-hmm. when I have a long way to go to complete something. Yeah, because there's that sense of like. Man, I'm diving into something that's not going to be done in a week. Yep. But then on the flip side of that, there is this beauty in being able to put something on and get a full story in 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And I don't get fulfilled by that in short television, like sitcoms or something. Mm-hmm. And so the the opposite of that would be to to find it on YouTube, and and that's kind of where I've been at with yeah. that recently. But it's and, and I I totally understand that because I think it's really cool. Like I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now as far as video essays that like i've been diving into recently um but there's a lot of good stuff on youtube as far as video essays or to understand certain things i watch a shit ton of video essays on uh movies or uh like film theory type stuff uh and just kind of get a deeper understanding of some of the choices that uh, a director or writer uh, made with a film. So, and I think that that's great for education side of things. Yeah. Like, yes, YouTube has got some very dark, disturbing shit on it. Like, and a lot of nonsense stuff, like 80% of the list uh, videos that are on there are just like, carbon copy bullshit of like top 10 most disturbing moments in internet history or top 10 grossest moments in uh tv uh tv shows um that's like yes some of them are entertaining like i do watch like what's culture because they make a lot of entertaining stuff and i watch it more for the people that are presenting versus the actual content that's there like i'm not shocked by any of the videos that they show and half the time I already know what's going to be on those lists, but just the way that they present the information is fun. Um, but I do watch a lot. Uh, the, one of the things that they YouTube has on there, it gives people the opportunity to educate themselves without having to go to a library or go inside a classroom and stuff. You can find a lot of the video essays 
that give you great historical facts on things that happened. Um, and I've watched a lot of stuff on uh, wars that have happened, uh, yeah. uh, incidents that have happened in our world history that you'd have to read a book on, like a huge chunk of book, and they're able to give or you watch this bite-sized information. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I did just because you, I, I harped on some of you know what you had said about you know. There are some crappy videos too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I, I Googled how many videos are on YouTube, and uh, the closest fact that I can get to how many YouTube videos there are is that 300 hours of video are uploaded to YouTube every minute. Yeah, yeah. And you cannot have that much content uploaded and have any semblance of of a percent of it being good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which, which is why, like, I, I think, you know, people make jokes about the YouTube algorithm knowing them better than they know themselves. And, and there's there's some truth behind that because sometimes I see videos in my YouTube algorithm that's like, how do they know that I want to yeah. watch that? Oh, I would agree. But, but regardless, like, I, I agree. Sometimes There are some, some truly bad like I do, I do, I do like some of the stuff that they pop up on my main page when I uh, open up my YouTube app, and I usually open it up every morning because it's kind of my morning routine for work. Yeah, um, mine's like, nightly. So yeah, I always watch. I usually try to start out my day with a good mythical morning. It's just You're kind of still my on thing. that good. You know what? Dude, I really, I really want to start. I want to start incorporating more good mythical morning yeah, into my life. I do, and I really look forward to Tuesdays and Thursdays um, because my favorite uh, side thing from Good Mythical Morning or Rhett and Link is Mythical yeah. Kitchen. Uh, I love that show so much, Josh. Uh, uh, sh- not Schaefer, Josh, something, whatever. Uh, mythical Chef, jo- Chef Josh. Um, it's so fantastic because they make some weird, crazy concoctions and Josh is a very like, he's not a prim and proper chef by any stretch of the imagination. Like he gets his, he's not afraid to fuck up and do weird, crazy shit and make messes and point out how ridiculous he is. It's just, it fits, uh, the mythical entertainment brand yeah. so well and i really look forward to those days with it but like like yeah my uh the algorithm knows me pretty well because i just pulled up uh the youtube page and it's got a cinema sins video on the top one it's got a <laughs> vlog brothers even though like i recently got back into vlog brothers it's got a vlog brothers video on there it's got a screen rant pitch meeting uh, it's even got, uh, the daily show, a Trevor Noah clip on there. And nice. then my all time favorite British panel show taskmaster as well. Oh, of so, course. Okay. Yeah. You ready for mine? Yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> this is going to tell you everything that you need to know about me. Okay. The first one is a Nexpo video. Obviously the <laughs> uh, channel, one of the channels that I recommended. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Uh, it's titled "My Experience with a Stalker." <laughs> <laughs> then I, then I have uh, this is a pretty this is a pretty dramatic shift in videos. The next video that's in my uh, in my for you or whatever it's called uh, is uh, no for you is is TikTok. This is just your homepage. Uh, is Game of Thrones the season that ruined everything? 
Yes. <laughs> and then I have a Reggie Watts video. Okay, you have a Cinema Sins. I have a Cinema Wins of video. Of course you would. Of course you would. I have would. Cinema Wins. Uh, everything great about Scott Pilgrim versus the World Part 1. Uh, and, the, yeah, then it's... <laughs> That it's a video titled Alicardi once said. You know what's funny about Cinema Wins versus Tell Cinema me. Sins? Tell me. You, you love Cinema Wins and hate Cinema Sins. You I hate love Cinema, Cinema Sins Wins and, and I love Cinema. Cinema Sins. What's wrong with Cinema Wins? I Tell d- me right I just, now what's wrong with Cinema Wins. A, it feels like a carbon copy. And B, it takes all the fun out of what Cinema Sins is about. Like I think Cinema Sins takes all the fun out of uh, what Cinema Sins is Cinema wins may not have come first, but it perfected the art. No, no, no. (laughs) Cinema sins, like, okay, I want everybody to get off Cinema sins back as saying that they don't love movies and they think all movies are shit. It's horseshit. They do this because they love movies. You won't hear me say that. You will never hear me say that. But I think it is spreading a lot of negativity to millions of people. Okay. Okay. I think there's it's people a lot that of don't to millions of people. There's people that don't get the joke, and you're gonna find that with everything that you put yes, out on the it. internet. But Cinema Sins you rather people is about the, the joke. They're about but, the joke. Of all things, they are about the joke. But what about what about the good stuff? They and I will agree. Like yes, it, you you should point out the good stuff, and they do legitimately yes. point out the good stuff. Yes, and they, they do. do take crack shots they, at the really small nitpicky stuff but it's about for, the joke it's about the people joke. for people who have a like an unadulterated rage towards cinema sins should absolutely check out the video everything wrong with cinema sins exactly uh, it's it's their yeah. it's their like i think it's their titular uh video if yes you, like, it go is to yep. their channel yep. uh I, that for me was was a pretty pivotal moment in like my viewing of them where it's like okay they they have a brand and they're sticking to it, but I still like, okay. But at all the same cinema wins is cinema wins is cinema wins apostrophe. Uh, their like slogan is because liking things is more fun than not liking things. And I think, <laughs> I think if you could sum up my view toward entertainment ever since we started this podcast, so true has like few the times that I've defended the fantastic beasts Cue the times I've defended the new Star Wars. Cue the times that I've defended Game of Thrones. Like, I I feel, I really feel like I embody that. Like, why can't we just get along and enjoy this thing? Uh, this is why we're so good together is it because is. we're the yin and yang. It's very true. It's very true. Okay, please, please get this get nonsense Legion about off of, Legion out of, out of the way. I okay, so I I watched the first season Here, of Legion. Well, you when it talk. I'm out. gonna go do some dishes. Oh, I'm shut up! Go. Shut up! Sitting there, you're sitting there while I talk about how awesome Legion is. Okay. Uh, so I watched the first season of Legion when it first came out, and yeah, I loved it immediately. I love. I like. Yes, I loved how experimental it was, mm-hmm. but not so experimental that it was just like a what the fuck type thing. Um. And I do agree that when I first watched it, even though I loved it, it definitely was like, oh, that was a lot of work. Um, And when the second season dropped, I watched the first episode. And yet again, it was even this. The first episode of the second season was even more of a 
this is good, but I can't tell you why I think it's good. Interesting. Okay. And it hurts my head, and I don't yeah. think I'm going to continue watching for a while. And I just dropped off. Uh, recently, I got a bug up my butt, and I was like, it was in between watching things where I finished one series or one movie, and I was like, I don't know what to watch. Yeah. And I, I really, I purchased season two of Legion. I really should watch something that I purchased. So I was like, but I can't just go straight back into it. I'm going to be completely lost because the storytelling is so cerebral that you really have to watch it from the beginning to understand what the hell is going on. Yeah. So I was like, okay, even though I really don't want to watch the second or the first season again, uh, because I'm afraid it's going to hurt my head too much. I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and watch it. So I started watching the first season again. And as soon as I started watching it, the first season or the first episode, I was like, Oh, I understand why I watched it in the first place. And I just hmm. cruised through it. I'm still only on the second season because I just started rewatching it again. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it is so there's, it's almost like a weird drug that it hurts your brain trying to follow along with what the story is telling you to do. But at the same time, it just aesthetically pleases my brain in so many ways that I can't help but watch it Hmm. now. Um, Hmm. I think that out of all of the comic book shows, comic book movies uh this feels very comic booky in so many okay. ways yeah and i yeah. think that that's one of the reasons why i like it so much uh i think that i i did say that the doom patrol is probably one of the first shows that ever felt like you're actually watching an actual comic book in live action is not true. I think Legion technically is the first one to really, really do that. The reason why I say that is because it plays with uh, storytelling the way that comic books technic- uh, tend to play with storytelling. It retcons itself throughout the series yeah. like comic books do. It brings out all the weird shit in comic books. Like the second season where a part of uh, they're they're now in division three, which is headed up by a person called Admiral Fukuyama, who had something done uh, to his brain so that he could become a telepath. And now he speaks through androids that have a feminine body, but a mustache and a bowl cut. And he wears a basket on his head. That's weird shit, but that is straight up something you would see in a comic yeah, book. Yeah, all right. That's straight yeah. up. Um, and I think that they get away with it, A, because Noah Howley, I think, is great at playing the uh, great at like weird off kilter storytelling. Fargo sure. is a perfect example of that. Except for season four. Except anyway. for, yeah. <laughs> but uh anyway continue (laughs) but he does the experimental style filmmaking in a way that doesn't make it feel that it's inaccessible to a lot of people or sure 
I, I definitely would say that the general audience, if they were to watch it, they'd be completely lost and be like, get this David Lynch-esque bullshit out of here. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is too experimental. This isn't television. Um, but it feels very right and perfect for it. And also due to the fact that the pre- uh, the the person that we're watching in this show is dealing with a mental health problem. Uh, dealing with schizophrenia slash dissociative identity disorder um, where he feels that he has multiple personalities. The character in the comic books has multiple personalities. So we're able to deal with this very psychological, cerebral imagery, and it makes sense for the story. It's right for the story. Um, And I love that fact. Uh, I love that fact that the reason why it's experimental is because that is a part of the story that is right. being told. Um, and yeah, it is weird. It is psychological. It feels like you're every episode that you turn on. It feels like, wait, did I fucking miss something? <laughs> but then down the road, it explains itself. Yeah, um, yeah. and I, and I love that type of storytelling. Uh, in many ways because it's so weird it's so off brand it's so off kilter it's something that i i couldn't write and sure, i like it sure. i like watching stuff that i can't write um because if i can write it then it feels kind of boring to me right right <laughs> that's why i don't like a lot of like very mainstream or it's something that i could feel i could write better it's one of the reasons why I can't watch Hallmark movies. I know that I could <laughs> write those movies so be- Twi- much better Twitch, than what they are. That's setting the bar pretty low for you. I think you've got a more. I think you're more talented than, than you're yeah. giving yourself credit I, I for. know I could at least write a uh, Hallmark movie <laughs> a very Hallmark. easily. Twitch, I could write a Hallmark movie. <laughs> pretty much anybody could write a Hallmark yeah, movie exactly, and sell it. Exactly. Yep. So uh, yeah, and the other reason why too that I love Legion that. Actors in that movie, in that show, are so good, so damn good. Dan Stevens knocks it out of the park. Um, I I know I adore him. Yeah, from Downton Abbey on. Uh, Our what was the movie that he was in on Netflix that we watched? Oh, Apostle. Apostle. Like, yeah, Apostle sucked, but he was still good in that, and he knocks it out of the park with this show. Um, our lost episode, our great lost episode, RIP. Yeah, uh, rest in peace, the best episode we've ever recorded. Yep. Oh, um, man. Yeah, and then also, like, there's some great standout performances in there that the casting was just perfect for. Uh, uh, so Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza was, was memorable. Perfect, Jermaine perfect Clement. casting. Jermaine, Jermaine Clement, Clement uh, as Oliver Bird. Perfect. I adore. Oh my goodness! He he yeah. was my favorite part of the, of of that. Um, and we also get to see characters. Like, granted, a lot of the characters are not necessarily from the books, uh, but they're amalgamations of different characters. Oh sure. Um, the fact that we get to see a live action version of the Shadow King, uh, Farouk, the is devil with the yellow eyes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, okay. Navid. What. He's what? what sold me on on watching the show in the first place. Okay, gotcha. Was because in the trailers they I I feel like at least because I was watching the show as it came out too, and uh, the trailers kind of portrayed a horror show, 
and yeah. and do you remember that first season when they're like in the in the emptied pool? It was very Stranger Things vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah, yeah. score, the score was fantastic. Yep. With Stranger. Okay, as you talk about it, I I would like to watch the first season again. Yeah, the first season, like real. I the, would very much like to watch the first season again. The first season is probably the least weird so far. Sure. The second how season many, how really many do they goes. Have? Is it, are they in three? It's only three seasons. They only have three seasons of it. Okay. Um, I'm halfway through the second season. Um, I like the second season a lot. One of the reasons why I like it a lot is because they go deeper into the weird nonsensical shit yeah. that you would typically yeah, see saw, in a comic like, book. Uh, I saw a it, YouTube video <clears throat> of like a dance off between Dan Stevens and some other dude and, uh, and Jermaine Clement. Like it's a it's that, a dance yeah. battle. Yeah, it's so good. It's weird, and it makes sense for the story because sure. the that. Battle in a sense takes place in a ash in the astral planes, and right they can choose the way that they fight in the yeah. astral plane, and yeah. uh, they decide to have a fight via b- dance battle, and it's awesome. Okay. Um, Maybe my problem was I just didn't pay attention when I watched the first season. Yeah, which is a rare problem for me to have, but uh, but yeah, you really you have to me. pay attention. You really do you, have you, to pay attention to that you've, show. You've got me. Yeah. I, I think I'll go. I think I'll go back and, and watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that. I would highly recommend it to anybody that really likes weird cerebral shit. If you're a yeah. true, true comic book fan, this one should hit hit the hit the buttons for you. Much like Doom Patrol, mm. uh, hits true comic book uh, fans. Uh, because, like, I hate the fact that I'm saying like so much right now. I'm just having so much trouble. It's a it's a hard show to put into words. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you like the Doom Patrol because it feels like a comic book to you, you should really like Legion. Hmm. Um, I think that Legion does a better job of telling a... more thought provoking story than doom patrol does. Even though doom patrol does some weird comic booky esque type stuff, especially in the first season. Yeah. Legion does a very, uh, a more cinematic version Hmm. of a comic book story in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I like I like that. I'll, I'll watch first season. You and I can do a Legion revisited episode. Okay, cool. Uh, and and we can we can we can talk about it. Maybe I'll have a more cinema wins. Uh, there we approach, go. <laughs> approach <laughs> approach to the show. I'll try to at least. Uh, I'm losing steam here, so I'm gonna make okay. this pretty quick. My the last thing that I wanted to talk about is just uh, there is a. Um, a surge of books that I'm very excited for that for once in my life are actually being released this year. Oh, that's good. The the last, okay. There are two books that I can really think of that, um, those being the last book in the girl, the dragon tattoo series. That's right. That is right. Yeah. Yep. And ready player two were, were, were two books that like I followed very closely as they were being released. Yep. The next one, or a farther out one, being The Winds of Winter. I don't think I'll ever have more excitement about a book 
coming out than that one, yeah. But I'm trying to hold, like, talking about that book because it might not happen. We so may never see it. We, you know. we may never have we, that we book. Need to see, we need to see those last two books come out or last three, whatever they're going to end up being, yeah. come out so we can get a redemption of Game of Thrones. Like, I yeah. do think that that needs to happen ultimately. So I, I hope... I hope that we get to see that. Yeah. But anyway, um, this this year sees the addition of this new project that Disney has fronted that people were very, very confused about okay. Okay. when they first announced it. Uh, I saw a trailer for it like a year ago, and I thought that it was going to be like a new TV show. Uh, it was. It's called The High Republic. And it okay. is a uh, young adult novel series that, that Disney is backing right now. And it's a bunch of different authors um, who are, like, kind of each fronting their own book. Oh. Uh, and the first book of that is coming out in a couple of days on February 2nd. Um, it's called The High Republic Into the Dark. And it's young adult. Most Star Wars books that have ever been released, with the exception of, I'd say, the Thrawn trilogy, are are, are all young adults. And so, like... Reading Star Wars novels has always been something where I've just been like, yeah, I'm kind of anticipating, you know, gotcha. at this point. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it just seems like it seems like a really cool like the High Republic is always uh, kind of this like shrouded in mystery. So it is a it's a Star Wars. It's a Star Wars series. It's a Star Wars series. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. It's a Star Wars series. Sorry if I was a little vague about that. But um yeah, I'm just I'm very excited to read that book and I'll do like a quickie review about it or something like that because So, is it so is this officially going to be Star Wars canon then these books? These are Star Wars canon, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So, that's interesting that they're doing it this way. Do you know how many books that they have planned? I have no idea how many books that okay. are coming out. I also have no idea like what the uh like what their release plan is. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, let me see if I can find. So there are two books pinned for this year. Okay. Um, star, star. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, light of the Jedi and, um, and into the dark are both coming out this year. Okay, that's all. That's all that I can see just by like taking a peek at it. But uh, as a general overview, it's Star Wars: The High Republic, initially promoted as Project Luminous, is a sub series of Star Wars media franchise set during the High Republic sub era of the Age of Republic, set two hundred years before the events of the Skywalker saga, and eight hundred years after the fall of the Old Republic. Um, like I said, the old Republic has been covered quite a bit uh -huh. by, uh, like fan stuff and Wikipedia. Yep. Like, you can find a ton about that, but, um, what I, but only a I handful of it is considered canon now. Yes. Yeah. That's very true. And now yeah. we have this high Republic era that, that isn't really spoken of as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and now we're getting a whole bunch of lore around that. I have always been a proponent of Disney breaking away from the Skywalker saga. I am, I am one hundred percent on board with that. Yeah, because that one hundred percent. 
that has been, with the exception of The Mandalorian and Rogue One, very messy in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I, I have been although, ready for them. I, to- although I would say, like, yes, even though The Mandalorian does feed into the Skywalker saga, it is still adjacent enough for I agree. It that it, it works. It works I for agree. me. And 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 don't get me wrong, like Bando is is fantastic. Yeah, like, best best Star Wars content I think we've seen. Yeah, but it's still I I think that you know they probably had Favreau and Filoni make it in that era specifically yeah. because they wanted to sell the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, but yeah. but yeah. I w- I you know you have now proven that I don't stand alone in thinking that it's time for them to to break up with. Yeah. With the Skywalker saga, it, it they, would be they they wrapped a bow around it. Whether it's a nice bow is up for debate. Yeah, but they wrapped the bow around it, and I think it's time that they ship that out and say yeah. let's tackle some different stuff. And I do hope that that this young adult series boot off uh, set a few hundred years before yeah. Skywalker saga, like that really eliminates any possibility of there being any bleed. Yeah, and that is something that I'm very excited for. Like, it would be nice to see more of the history of the Star Wars universe around the time that the Skywalker saga happened. Like, it would be nice to see what was going on on the other side of the universe. Yeah. uh, Or the other side of the galaxy while the Skywalker saga was going on. But it would be really nice to see, to get an idea of what the canon... canonical history of star wars is yeah years hundreds of years Mm -hmm. prior to the skywalker saga just to get a little bit more context of what set up that history yeah that saga that would be nice that'd be really great in fact, I completely agree. So I'm I'm very excited. Uh, yeah. February second is when those books come and out. And are these week. and like and you said that these books are being written by different people. Like each book is being written by a different author. Correct. That's going to be interesting because this is I, something that it's you see this in comic books to an extent where different issues are written by different authors. Yeah. Um. Sometimes. Sure. <clears throat> Although the X-Men run, the Uncanny series was primarily written by Chris, Chris Claremont um, and a lot of the other books, or at least they were edited by him or overseen by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but with books, you don't typically see that. Usually if it's a series, it's written by the same author. So they're going to be kind of doing more of a TV slash feature length rule with that, where you have different directors or different writers for each yeah. movie. So each book is going to have a different flavor to it, if you will, a different feel. Now, I do think that I, I'm cautiously optimistic about it, given the fact that uh, the last time Star Wars handled something with different uh, creators <laughs> at the helm, things, things got a little divisive a little quickly. So, but what, what what the High Republic has going for it is I don't know if it's going to be, you know, like one set of characters throughout the entire series. That's yeah, and that's the Each that was the other question that I was going to say. Thing. I have no yeah. clue. I have no that, clue. That that was the question the other question I was going to ask you if you knew that if it was going to follow a uh 
a single group of characters through the entire series or if it was going to cover kind of a gamut of characters in a single period. That's what I hope it is. Honestly, like it, it, casting my vote, I really hope it's not like one author is telling this part of this one story and then another author is picking that up at the end. That's that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I would it, much I rather think it'd be cool. Like telling yeah. Contained stories. Yeah. I think that'd be kind of cool to kind of like, uh, give you kind of a, a three sixty view of that time frame. Like if it were yeah. to take place of like, I don't know, like the, how the high Republic pl- take places, but like we got, year 50 high republic to year 70 of high republic yeah, was, in yeah, these like, books cuz it's a young adult series so you're you're going to imagine like a coming of age thing but mm-hmm. what if you had like you know three or four different sets of characters each 10 years or something like that. Yeah. Um, kind of like dealing with, you know, the, the me, I don't know. They got to be careful with that, but yep. uh, at least, at least the first book should be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. At <laughs> least we can, at least we, the first can, book should be fine. Everybody's okay. going to be basing their expectations off those first, that first book for sure. Yeah. Yep. But it seems how you have two books coming out in this first year. You, the expectations will be based off of those two books, and then the, we'll have to see how they stack up to how, the rest how of things the books go that come from out there. in the series. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, I completely agree. Um, so, th- so that's those are the two. Or I guess I kind of touched on three things today, but yeah, um, that's been that's been what what my nerdy ism have been surrounded by since we did our best and worst of twenty twenty. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And I'm I'm glad that you found some joy in Thrones, and I yeah I, I am I might start Legion tonight. Ooh, uh, just that's definitely what think- I'm going to be doing after we get off the off the pod tonight is uh, going straight into some uh, Legion. So yeah, you've got me thinking about it now, and I'm kind of like, oh shit, maybe maybe I do want to watch that yeah. show. So. Um, but that's 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 it for us, I think. Unless you've got anything else that nope. you wanted to touch on, sir. No, I think we're good to go for this episode. Excellent. Uh, before I kind of sign us off, um, be sure to check us out on the social medias that we never check out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will post. I will post on Facebook at least that we have this episode coming out. So magnificent. Um, you can guarantee that, even though if you checked out the post. You already know that I posted this. You already so. know that he posted it. Uh, that post will be on Facebook.com forward slash Know Nothing Nerds, or if you go to Facebook and just search Know Nothing Nerds. Uh, Twitter is KN Nerds, and our email is at Know Nothing Nerds at gmail.com. Uh, we are also on Instagram, I think. We are on Instagram. Uh, on Instagram? We do have a couple of photos. Hell yeah! Uh, on there, um, Twitch has been handling yeah. all. Twitch is our social media manager. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta fire that guy because he's doing a shit job. There is no doubt about that. Oh man, yeah, but you know, chat, chat with us if you want. If not, you know, we'll be here keeping doing our thing. Uh, join us next week, or excuse me, I keep saying that. You say it. It's a habit. It's a habit. We'll join break it next- eventually. 
We will break it eventually. As soon as I get used to saying next time we'll get on a weekly schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Then it won't fucking matter. Join us next time when we discuss drum roll, please. Lord of the Ring. Ooh. It's about damn time. It's about time. Twitch and I have been talking about three big nerd fandoms in particular i'm not yep. going to name the other two no nope. uh that we have never done a single episode about and i don't even think i've ever twitch may have but i don't think i've ever even referenced the lord of the rings ever i have definitely show. referenced it i've definitely talking about uh i know that there's been a couple times where i have mentioned how shitty the hobbit movies are um <laughs> for sure but I, yeah. we definitely not really discussed. Uh, We've never uh, Lord of the Rings taken a deep, deep sure. dive. I, yeah. I, I know like how the story ends, but I've never seen the last yeah. movie. Yeah. Um. So I don't like. I don't know the story as a whole. So um, yeah. So just so you guys know, we are only going to do the first movie out of the series. Correct. Yep. Um. I would. I if we would have more time, it would be nice to you do a compare and contrast similar to what we did with uh, Ready Player One, where. Um, oh, we did the, yeah. uh, we uh, with our episode Redder, Ready Player Redux, where we compared the movie to the book. Um, but it's a little bit more of an undertaking with with yeah. Lord of the Rings. Um, we we will probably will eventually do the book at some point, just because it's so iconic. Like Tolkien, I've never read the book. Yeah, yeah, I have. I have tried reading it. You have. I have tried reading it. I got about a page in, and it was like, nope, <laughs> nope. See, like, that kind of lore and world building is what I live for, yeah. so I'm really surprised that I haven't seen it before. Yeah. But what I, but what I've heard is it's a more, like, tropey fantasy version of Game of Thrones, and that for me is like, eh. You could say it's tropey, but it's the OG. It's the o- yeah. It's like it's the OG like high fantasy yeah, yeah. story. So we yeah. we we have to cover it, and we've yeah. had to cover it for a while, and we're very late to discuss it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just the first movie. Yep. Uh, we won't be touching on the book, and and you're also going to be getting it from two people who have never read the book. So if we get the lore yeah. wrong, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but, but we we are truly next week or next time diving into uh, no nothing territory. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is exciting. We haven't yep. we haven't got to do that in a little while. So and we'll bring um, back uh, the the no nothing quiz. We'll be back. That's right. Uh, as that's well. Right. Um, so we'll be uh, like a true return to form next time. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, looking forward to that. And other than that, uh, stay safe. You guys get vaccinated. If not stay indoors, if you do get vaccinated, probably still stay indoors. I think right now, you want to, you want to socially distance still because you could still be a carrier, even though you're vaccinated. Right. Right. Um, but I think, uh, we're, we're getting through this, everyone. We're getting through this. So, Uh, Hang tight, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye.